Welcome back to Onto the Ball, Travis. Yes. We are back. With a bang. We're back on the lives. Um, we've just been watching the Liverpool game and honestly, it's not made me feel any better about the mood that I'm in at the minute, about FSG, about our <laughs> summer transfer window, our dealings, getting rid of Fabinho, not bringing in Romeo Lavia in time, getting rid of Henderson, apparently saving our money on Bellingham to distribute it elsewhere on two or three other players. It just hasn't happened. We're going to hit another 40 million net spend. And I'm here to discuss with you why we've got the worst owners of a football club compared to you who've got the Glazers and you're planning on rioting and campaigning. And oh, who's got it worse? It's surely, it's, it must be Liverpool. Because let's be honest, Man United are about to hit another 200 mil net spend summer and Liverpool are still scratching around 40 million net spend. We've literally took out a loan to buy Sabosle, 60 million. And then we've sold Fabinho and Henderson. And I just know, I tweeted it today, we're fighting with the owners to release that 52 million to buy Romeo Lavia or someone else. Um, and I've got this horrible feeling that they're, desperate to offset that Dominic Sabosle outlay and pay for it with Henderson and Fabinho. What the hell is going on? I don't know. I saw a link to Salah going to Saudi Arabia today as well, but I think his agent quashed that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, after watching the that, that first 50 minutes of that friendly as well, I told you about Fabinho. You was hammering him, saying his legs are gone. You're absolutely it. loving it, aren't you? Li I'm Listen, I'm just, I'm nailing, it. <laughs> I'm nailing my post, nailing my flag to the post. Is that it? To yeah, the mask? nailing your Liverpool. Flag. Liverpool are going to be lucky to finish top six. I've what? Seen enough. Honestly, top six. Nah. I'm We'll go for Calm it. Down, bro. Calm down. <laughs> We've got the smallest squad in the Premier League. Did you know that? Nah. 22 players, first team players, registered with the squad. 22. Arsenal have got about 36. Man United have got about 34. We've got 22 players. And when you look at it, I mean, you keep putting in the squad saying, look how light it looks. After that first 11, we look threadbare. Yeah, I know you, everyone keeps saying we've got the front five to fit into three positions, or it could be into four positions when you look at the formation tonight against Damstad, is it? Yeah, Dam, they're, oh. they're, damn, they're damn rubbish, mate. That's what they were. They were <laughs> awful, bro. They were a really, really bad watch. And I thought, but the balance of the team is, is literally the worst I've seen it. You've got Gappo centre mid. You've got McAllister as the six. Like, that, what is going on? Like, Nunes can't get in the team. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, you've got, you got to blame FSG. you got to blame the owners and stuff. But did you think we'd be this nah. bad, this tight, this, like, because obviously those that have tuned in to us in the last six months since the channel has been on, I've said... We're probably going to spend a lot in the summer. I don't know why. Yeah. Because under FSG, we just don't. They never put in money of their own. But I thought it's got that bad now that they need to invest in the squad, just like the investing stands. I believe it when I see it. And it was almost like reverse psychology to myself. The summer's here. The season for us starts in six days. And you For Man United, it starts in four days. We've signed two players. We've released four We've sold two. So right now, just in players in and out terms, we're minus four. Now, this was minus four when last season we were complaining about not signing a midfielder or two the summer before, brought in Arthur on loan. So we needed some on top of last season's squad. And we've, we've, right now in the transfer window, we're minus four players. We should have been adding. This is classical. I don't think you're defensively good enough either to play this hybrid thing, like, long enough. Like, I'm looking at Trent, and he's tucking in, and he's not. He's still not even immaculate in centre mid because it's not his natural position, and it's going to take quite a bit of time. And I'm seeing him in the midfield, and 
he's giving the ball away sometimes and I'm not sure whether he's meant to be like the holding one in there or what. Or I'm. It just looks a little bit messy. When the ball, ball breaks down as well, there's a lot of space in that right-hand channel. And it, and I'm unsure as to what's happening at the minute. Diaz looks a little bit out of sorts. Yes, he's had a long injury. He's yeah, got a, I, I've he, noticed that as well. He's not himself, is he? No, nah, he's not. He's not at all. And yeah, it, there's a lot for Klopp to sort out, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it, for me, it's not like a case of, oh, Lavia comes in and it's all sorted as well. Like, especially not. especially today, because when I saw that lineup, it looks like there's just six strikers on the pitch. Like, Gakpo, do you know what I mean? Salah, Diaz. Like, it, it looks mad. Like, for me... But the thing is, when you watch all these preseason friendlies, these, these nothing teams are getting at us. I know. They're Having getting at us. And if you're ever going to win the league, and when we won it in 1920, mm. and when I watched Arsenal last season, I know they didn't win it, but they were so controlled all through the season until they capitulated at the end. But the word that you need to win a league is control. Mm. You control a game. The whole game, you control it. You, you be patient. Even if it gets to 60, 70 minutes and it's still nil-nil, you're still controlling it. You're still waiting to take your chance. Yeah. And that's what Liverpool done when we won it. Now, when I look at it, and I was just texting one of my Liverpool mates, he was like, I'm dreading the start of the season. I said, it's control. We're not controlling any phases of the game. It's literally like kamikaze. Yeah. It can it be 5-4 to any team. Yeah, And we've got teams like the team tonight causing us issues with pace at running our back line. And it, it's just, it's frightening. I didn't think it had looked this bad because, I mean, you know what Klopp's like with the high line. He, he, he always will persist with it. He's not going to deviate away from that high line at all. And the way, it was funny because I was watching the halftime analysis and Mark Lawrenson was being questioned. And obviously he's one of the, your best defenders within your like recent, quite recent history when you won all the titles and stuff. And just the basics of defending is like, if there's no pressure on the ball, you've got to drop as a centre-half. And it was, a, it was as if the presenter was trying to argue with him, like, yeah, I know, but, you know, Klopp likes his high line and stuff like that. And I'm like, mate, it's just basics. Like, if there's no pressure on the ball, you have to drop. And Liverpool weren't doing that. The, the goal came from that ultra-high line that you've got, no pressure in midfield. But... To me, it's not surprising. When you look at the makeup of that midfield, it doesn't look like a competitive midfield to me. It looks like it's got a lot of technical quality, but there's no one with sort of a defensive bone in their body. Like, it's not natural to McAllister to sit and screen and scan like, like Fabinho did. You've got Slobberslight and then Gappo. He's not a centre mid. In any, in any day of the week, do you know what I mean? So you've got don't, three... mate, don't just hearing you repeat it all back to me, it's just like <laughs> it's making me feel even worse. The thing is, right? Let's say somehow we pull something out the bag for Romeo yeah. Lavia in the next 24 48 hours, he's yeah. gonna need a couple of weeks to be training with us to yeah. get to get into the groove of what he will give Liverpool, what Klopp wants yeah. from him. The season could be over by then. Oh, we could man. have dropped points away to Chelsea and Newcastle easily by then. By the time he finds his groove, finds his position in the team, gets up to speed. I had a look at his stats. He hasn't played that much preseason ball. He was on the bench Friday night for Southampton. Obviously, he's trying to force his way out of the club. But Romeo Lavia, <laughs> I know Twitter is so starved of football incomings. That if we sign Lavery, be like, oh yeah, do you know what this transfer window hasn't been too bad? We needed yeah. midfielders, we've signed three, but it's all too little, too late. It's looking so amateurish. Yeah. It's like, what on earth is going on at Liverpool? I've never Look, seen you've had to sell to buy. We've basically had to sell Fabinho and Henderson to buy Lavia if we even get him. And even then, it's six days until the Chelsea game. We're absolutely in the mud. And listen. I love watching Peter Crouch. Right? I love watching the videos. I love watching the Peter Crouch podcast. Right. I remember him saying when he joined Liverpool, um, Stephen Gerrard and Carragher were ruthless. He said they'd be writing off 20 million pound ballers after a 10 minute of a training session. I've been watching sub subber sly <laughs> and I'm I'm not liking what I'm seeing. No. McAllister looks fantastic. Right, and I know people might jump in and be like, "Jesus, Scott, it's preseason. He's come to a different league." I'm just talking the eye test. 
You love yeah. talking about the eye test, Trav, and I like yeah. that. And I want to talk about the eye test. I'm talking timber for Arsenal yesterday. Crazy. I watched that first half of football, and at halftime, I jumped onto FPL and I put him in my team. Yeah, he's, I'd, he's, I'd seen enough. Yeah, I've, he's I, he's, he's brazy. I can see straight away he's going to be yeah. such a talent. And yeah. that's just what I'm talking about. McAllister, you can tell he's going to be straight in. Yeah. Soboslai, I'm worried about him. I don't yeah. want to throw names out, but Igor Bishkan come to mind. Mm-mm. I think it's yeah. difficult as well. I mean, the, the difficulty is, is two things. If I'm Lavia, I'm buzzing because it's not going to take much to improve the dynamics of that midfield. It's so badly set up. The second thing is, if I'm Southampton and I'm watching that friendly tonight, I'm adding another five million on the price. <laughs> I'm not even joking because as well, the I think they are anyway. We keep going back with these pathetic <laughs> offers. Like surely Southampton have said um, there's a price. Yeah. Because otherwise we wouldn't be going back with a second and a third offer. They must be saying that's the price. But why would we go back with a second offer and the third offer, apparently at 45 million, if we know the price is 50 million or 55 million? Carragher's on Twitter finally going mad, yeah. saying it's embarrassing. And I'm glad he is finally, but it really is embarrassing. Uh, Trav, sorry, I'm just going to yeah, jump in the comments. We've got a few people in. Josh uh, Truguna, how you doing, mate? Yeah, Thanks for tuning in. Stan Kroenke would have been in this conversation, but he's act- actually backed Arteta. <laughs> backed, he's backed him to the hill. To the hill. Have you spent seven hundred million now? Oh my god. Um, Isaac Shaw, Man United are so much worse. Isaac, you're the Southampton fan, aren't you? I do. Man United yeah, owners are sure much worse. Cheers for tuning in, Isaac. Really appreciate it. Let us know um, in the comments. I'm sure you're the Southampton fan. I remember you, bud. Uh, Dan's in. Two Blues, A up. How you doing, Dan? Cheers for tuning in. Nine people watching. Everyone smash the likes. Cheers, Dan. Appreciate that. Uh, Isaac, the funny thing I find about United owners is they take money out of the club and they buy players out of the players they sell. They're terrible. The Glazers have made them a circus. We're going to get onto that in a minute. That's... This is the weird thing about football ownerships in Liverpool and Man United fans. Liverpool fans, and I'm not speaking for them personally, I want Liverpool to put a bit of debt on the club, like the Glazers do. A bit of debt to buy players, to finance 200 million every summer. I want our owners to do that, to back our managers to do it. The problem with the Glazers is they've backed the wrong managers to do it. Trav, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But they backed the wrong managers to get this billion pounds worth of debt and it hasn't worked out. That is, of course, the danger. But when you've got a proven winner like Jurgen Klopp, if you're ever going to risk any money on a manager, it would be him. Why are we not doing that? Um, it, Again, it, Klopp, Klopp's been sort of like the, creator, the, the architect of his own downfall because he's been able to do it on such a... Sh- shoestring budget so to speak I mean I know you've spent a lot of money but you've had to sell to buy to get in a lot of the situations that you've done and and you I'm not saying he's he's got lucky but because he hasn't I mean the, the points totals that Liverpool accumulated over that four or five year period were really really top draw I mean you competed toe to toe step by step with, with Pep Guardiola but the owners are going to think well he's done it he's done it on 40 50 million and I know football is moving on all the time but the, the, the more clock comes out in the public and says that he's happy with the situation, I'm not saying he has to go to town publicly, but he's he's always like sort of what Gary Neville and Carragher have had a little spat on Twitter, but Gary Neville has always said he's protected the owners. He's always come out and said that he's happy with the situation, happy with the squad, happy with the ownership, happy with the budget that he gets, and he's happy to work under those circumstances. And I'm sure, like you said, Scott, last year, if he was as unhappy as people thought that he may be getting, he could have walked. He literally could have walked. Like he would have known. He still could. He still might. Do you think this could be the the straw that breaks the camel's back this summer? But he's all surely, surely he must have some sort of, some sort of reassurance that Jürgen, we're going to go, we're going to, Loosen the pair strings and veer away from 40 million net. You know, we're talking 100, 120 million net, which would have been Jude Bellingham. But correct me if I'm wrong, all the journos and pundits said they've decided not to go 100 million, 120 million net on Jude. They're going to spread it over a few players. Yeah. Six days till the start of the season and we're still on 40 million net. The thing is, he's bought in his own director of football as well. That's the thing. 
Yeah, but again, that's on a short-term deal, a three-month contract. I don't understand that. I don't it's, it's don't understand it. It's falling apart. Obviously, depending on what Twitter accounts you read, apparently this is all getting geared up for a sale, stripping the club, um, all these long contracts of directors and all that. It's all gone, all the transfer committee. So it's like kind of clearing the decks for new owners. But my God, I'll believe no. it when I see it. Um, Dan's still there. Giving Fabinho and Henderson the green light to leave in the same week was a crazy decision a week before the season starts. Dan, you must be rubbing your hands together that you've got Liverpool first up at Stamford <laughs> Bridge. Uh, we're coming to you with probably Curtis Jones in CDM or even worse, McAllister in CDM. McAllister is not a CDM. Trent in his hybrid role. When we look so weak at the back with Kanate. Mudrick is cooking this season as well. And Unkunku, but I think he got a knock. I'm not sure he might miss the game, but... We're only 15 minutes into the poddy, all right? And I'm going to make my second big call in 15 minutes. Do you know why, Try? Because it's our podcast and we can say what we want and we'll be judged on it, okay? I've already written off Sabosle after 45 minutes of watching him in the friendly tonight. Yeah. Last season, Jack Grealish absolutely cooked pools when Man City beat us 4-1 and it lit up the rest of his season. Like the end of his season, he was probably their best player. Man of the match every match. Mudrick is going to be man of the match on Sunday, Dan. He's going to absolutely cook us and everyone's going to say, right, Mudrick has finally arrived at Chelsea, Stamford Bridge. That's my prediction. So, supposedly he's crap. I've written him off after 45 minutes and Mudrick will be man of the match Sunday. What do you think to that, Dan? Let me know in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) Timber's a baller. Baller. Trav, you've you've mentioned Timber. I think it was last summer when Ten Hag first came in saying he was heavily linked with Man United and you wanted him, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, he he was top draw yesterday, to be honest with you. I think not only it's just his versatility as well, and the fact that he his ability is the same in all of those positions. I mean, he played left back yesterday. You wouldn't even what know. Is his, what is his main position, his favoured position? Right centre back. Yeah, he's been playing right centre back, but he can also play right back as well, like predominantly. I mean, he, people thought him and Martinez being centre halves would be too small, but you could look how tenacious he is. He doesn't, I don't think he looks that small, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he could, he could cut the mustard at centre half. I mean, the thing is, it takes Arsenal up such, such a high level because when last season, when Saliba got injured, they were forced to play like um, holding centre half. But now that's just going to be, you can slot Ben White in with him at right back or he can play left back. It's just a ridiculous signing. And and I saw a few tweets about the price that they paid for him. I think it was 50, just under 50 million. That's well too cheap for a player of his versatility and his quality. So yeah, great signing for Arsenal. Isaac says, I'm the Saints fan. Yes. Nice one. I remember you, bud. Saints want at least 50 mil plus add-ons. Jesus oh. Christ. Dan, clop out. <laughs> FSG out, Dan. FSG out. Jesus wept. United needed a six for the entirety of Ollie's reign, but didn't get him till Ten Hag and about two centuries too late. They had McFred with the football ability of my grand. <laughs> no one was more scathing of McFred than you, Travis. Um, um. I'd be rubbing my hands together if we didn't have Gallagher as our most senior option in there. It's literally battle of the worst midfields. But yeah. it don't really matter, Dan, because you're going to win it. It's the front threes are going to win it. And I've already called it that Mudrick's going to be on an absolute mad one and win it. Yeah, Trav, you're right. And Kunku took a knock against Dortmund. Shouldn't be long-term, but doubt he'll play on a Sunday. Love that prediction, Scott. But shh, he's in my FPL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Travis. Yeah. Man United in the summer, they're simmering along nicely. Yeah, We had a, um, a poddy about six weeks ago saying, I don't think Man United are going to spend much money. They're skin. They're trying to push through a sale. You can't be going through with a sale and be splurging 200 million, adding 200 million on the debt pile. I was wrong. They are heading towards 200 mil. Does that mean the sales off? Uh, more importantly, are you happy with the incomings? And I know the answer because me and you've been going at it, hammering tongs on Twitter. The pressure's on Anana <laughs> and now Hoyland. <laughs> so the answer to your first question is, I don't think it means the sales off. I think like it might be delayed potentially, but I don't think the Glazers, are, I mean, they don't dip their, their hand in their own pocket anyway to make purchases. So it's not really any different. I think it was always business as usual. I think there were a lot of reports about what Man United's budget was going to be. And I think it was rumoured to be around 120 million with 
without sales. So if you think about it, we've probably spent just over that figure at the moment on Anana, Mount and Hoyland. Um, so yeah, we're, we're towards probably about the 160 million mark, but you just never know. I mean, they might be spending money for deals that have gone out the door that just haven't been officially announced. I mean, if you look at the fixtures for the preseason games, McTominay wasn't in the squad yesterday. Um, I think Fred wasn't in the squad yesterday as well. And there's been a few players that have been left out of squads, which would indicate that those players are going to depart. So it's probably just crossing the T's and dotting the I's on a few deals. And for the first time in ages, it looks like a hierarchy are actually going to do some business on, on the outgoing side. Because like you said, we've had a lot of debates about whether players were going to leave, whether players teams were going to go in for these players and they were overpriced and stuff. But it finally looks like the likes of Donny van der Beek who's just been had such an unfor unfortunate Man United career. Decent player, but we've just got so many of his type in midfield, like Ericsson and obviously Kobe Mino's coming through. Mason Mount's just been signed. We've got so many players that can just sort of do what Ericsson, um, what um, Donny van der Beek can do. Um, we've got a lot of options in there. So I think it's time for him to go, Fred to go, Harry Maguire, we spoke at length about. <laughs> You've hated him since his career. Your one catastrophic, friendly performance away from West Ham pulling out on Harry Maguire. <laughs> like oh, you no, you can't can get rid of him game. quick enough. Yesterday's <laughs> catastrophic error is just thinking, stop playing him, just get him out the door. I know, and I've seen a lot of tweets like, oh, like we shouldn't be booing and all this. And, and I get it, like we shouldn't be booing. But I think at the same time, if you, I'm not, a, I, I mean, I don't want to judge him his character, I don't know him personally, but from what you hear, it looks like him or his team or whoever's advising him, his ego just seems massively inflated. I mean, when the first West Ham bid came and people were saying, oh, he feels he's too good for West Ham and stuff. And it's just like, well, well, no other clubs are knocking on the door. You are 30, do you know what I mean? It's not like you're going to get better at this stage. You've got two years left on your deal. You've got to be realistic. Gareth Southgate said, I can't just keep doing this. You've got to get some minutes. He's got the perfect opportunity for a manager that wants to sort of build a team around the likes of him and McTominay, and he's got a lot of money with the rice money. I think sometimes you've just got to take a step back to go forwards, and I think it would actually be a decent move for him. He can clear his head, um, get in the West Ham team and get some consistent 90 minutes under his belt. I think it would be a good move for him. So, yeah, I think we're ticking along nicely. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the signings that you've mentioned, Mount um, especially. Obviously, being given the number seven shirt, he's going to play an integral role in Tenag's side. I'm going to be interested to see where Tenag plays him long term because I don't think he's a number eight. I don't think he will be. Um, so, yeah, but Onana, I'm very happy with. Hoyland, I've not seen play much, so I'm not going to judge him, but I like the fact that we've gone with a younger profile and, and we've paid for the potential. Might be a little bit overpriced, but time will tell. He's another one like Lavia, isn't he? I know Lavia had a season in the Premier League last season, but Hoyland's gone into the season with no preseason minutes for Man United under his belt. Has he been playing yeah. for Atalanta, Atalanta or is he injured? Well, he got he he played the game before they played Bournemouth in a friendly, and then he was left out the Bournemouth squad. Everyone thought that was due to him moving to Man United, which I think part of it was. But yeah, he was injured um, during his medical at United, and it is a small issue. Um, it's not going to keep him out for long. And they reckon that he's going to be on the bench for the Spurs away game, which is the third game into the seat, which is the second game into the season. Um, so I think he'll be, he, he's a couple of weeks away from being, well, not full fitness, but in and around and available for selection. So it's going to take him a few weeks. We've got Arsenal game four as well. So that could be his first start, which would be nice for the fans. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him in a shirt, mate. It could be a bit like Nunes, though, for us last season, a bit stop-start. Next yeah. minute gets in his head. He's not scored in his first couple. Before you know it, it's October. After the international break, it yeah. can all go wrong big time, and especially with a young head on the shoulders. What is Hoyland? He's only 21. Yeah, 19, I think, or 20. 20, is I think. He? Yeah, he's 20, yeah. I think the um, difference between not Hoyland and Nunes, but for us, it's very definitive that we need a central striker. Like, we've got a lot of players that can play in those wider areas. Like, obviously, Rashford, Garnacho, Anthony on the other side, Jaden Sancho, they all play down the sides. We need someone consistently to play down the middle. Whereas, 
with Nunes, when he came into Liverpool, I think everybody expected him to play down the middle, but Klopp played him on the left a lot. And I think that's probably what's unsettled him a little bit more. I think he's just trying to nail down a position. And at the start of pre-season, when Nunes was playing down the middle, I thought he was a shoo-in to start as a central striker. Mm-hmm. And then he's on the bench again tonight. So I'm just not sure what's happening with Nunes. But I think um, Hoyland will definitely play down the middle for United. And you hope he hits the ground running. Yeah, uh, Isaac said the championship is rubbish. Saints walked over Wednesday and Ward-Prowse is playing against them. It's so easy. Yeah, I watched <laughs> a little bit of that. Obviously, I wanted to see if Romeo Lavia was playing. I seen he was on the bench and he didn't come on. Um, and then I watched Leicester versus Coventry yesterday. Um, that was a decent game. Um, for those that remember, I have a Leicester membership or I did when they were in the Premiership. I've not renewed it for the Championship because, <laughs> because I'm an absolute glory hunter uh, and I'm not pay- paying money to watch the Championship. But anyway, I'll still follow Leicester and they've done well. Um, Ward Prowse got um, priced out of a move, didn't he? He was meant to go somewhere, Ward Prowse. And, um, and uh, I don't think they accepted the bid. I forgot what club it was. I think it was West Ham, actually. I think it was yeah, West Ham. Was. That's probably yeah. why I'm going from McTominay, to be fair. Um, but he's another one. He's 29 soon. So it's a bit like now or never for Ward Prowse. Um, Dan says Saints walked over Wednesday. It was 2 1 and Wednesday only just got promoted. Um, <laughs> yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday done well to get promoted as well. They were 4 0 down after the first leg against Peterborough. Uh, Kobe Mino is a star. When we spoke to a Man United Academy scout a while back, he predicted my, is it Mino? Yeah, yeah. Mino? Yeah, would be the one to blow. Uh, is he going to be proper? You keep tweeting about it. I'm just trying to set you up. Um, is he going to play a role this season? Bro, I was saying this last season with Garnacho that he should be involved. And, and I didn't think we needed to get, not necessarily Ericsson, but I just thought, why don't you get promoted? And he should be playing over the likes of McTominay and stuff like that. And this preseason, he, he's been playing and he's been top, top draw. But he got injured in the... Um, Real Madrid game and there's a huge... Where does he play? CDM? Play centre mid, yeah. He can play centre... He can do the six and the eight, basically. He can do He can do pretty much the lot. He's not really an advanced midfielder. He's not going to get in those creative areas like a Bruno Fernandes, but the six and the eight, he can be a destroyer, a pace setter, like a tempo setter. He can do pretty much the lot. For a young age as well, he shows great temperament and composure. I think he's top class and I, I actually think he's going to play a lot of games for Man United this this season, I think he'll play in all the cups, and I think he'll get some minutes in in a lot of the league games where we need to um, sort of shut up shop and play a little bit more of a, a tight midfield. I think he'll get a lot of games this season. So yeah, he's definitely one to watch. I agree with what that. What age is he? I think he's eighteen. He? Scary. He's just signed a new contract as well. I think an, a new five year bumper deal as well. So yeah, he's protected. We've got a couple of we've got a couple of kids coming through him, um, Garnacho, Palestri as well, who. We're trying to nail down on a long-term deal. He's sort of like Garnacho, but on the other side, played well yesterday. But I think we're going to sign him on a long-term deal and then loan him out because I think we've got quite a few options in wide areas. Uh, Barry Lee's joined us. R- appreciate that, Barry. Thanks for tuning Barry, you're right. Uh, Liverpool need to pay the £50 million for Lavia. Get it done, please, Liverpool. I can't it's agree no more. Brainer. Uh, I don't want to be greedy, but he's not. He's not enough. He's not enough. We need more. We need another fifty million baller, Lavia, and another one to to bolster that midfield. We we need a centre back as well. I don't think I'll ever get over us um, losing out on Bellingham if we're ever in for him. But put Gavardiol right up there. We needed Gavardiol, and now he's gone to Man City, and it wasn't even that big a price. What was it? Seventy eight million. Mm. If you're telling me that we can't spend 78 million after we spent 75 million on Virgil van Dijk, seeing the outstanding success he was, surely when you get the next the next up-and-coming centre-back for that type of price, you're all over it. But as Barry just said, FSG are by far the worst owners in the world. I can't agree more, mate. If you think of all the players that we've been linked with, and I know a lot of play a lot of clubs get linked with a lot of players, but there was substance behind them all, like proper respectable journos were linking. Obviously, Bellingham, Caicedo. We were the first to get linked with Caicedo about six months ago. Liverpool yeah. in for him. Um, more than that, like nearly 12 months ago now. Um, obviously, Bellingham, Caicedo. There was rumours we were in for 
Declan Rice. I didn't believe it myself. He was all staying in London. Um, who was the other one that we were heavily linked with? Mason Mount. Enzo. Enzo oh, Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, while the World Cup, it was Liverpool. We were linked. The next minute, he's off to Chelsea. Mason Mount, we were linked with first. He's off to Man United. All these players were linked. Uh, even Taram at the minute. It's done the yeah. rounds on Twitter all day today that we thought that, it was me. too expensive. But it wouldn't have been the transfer fee. That kid must have wanted about 200k a week. But obviously, we're just not in the market to be paying newcomers 200k a week. We'd want to bring in someone like Sabosle. I bet Sabosle is on about 120k a week. Yeah. You do the business, you sign a new four-year deal on 180, 200k because you're the real deal. That's the way we operate. So if these Taram and Kone, um, the other lad from the French league, if they're wanting that type of money, that's why we're pulling out. Another one that's gone really quiet and we were linked non-stop was that Mateus Nunes of Wolves. You yeah. don't even hear about him now. We hadn't yeah. heard about him all summer. So again, yeah. I can only imagine that they wanted too much for him, priced us out, which was always crazy anyway because they bought him for 45 and then it was rumoured we were going to buy him for 45. Well, I don't see how that works. If he's come to the Premier League and smashed it, it's going to yeah. chuck on 50% on top of that. You're talking 65, 70 million. I think what's anyway, what's disappointed me mostly about Liverpool is in recent times, even if they can't spend the money on the players that they've been linked with, like obviously I think the transfer targets in that midfield area have gradually got worse for Liverpool. Like you said, Bellingham, Enzo, Declan Rice, that sort of bracket, Caicedo, then it's gone. We're down to Kin and Dewsbury Hall now. <laughs> Oh, bro. See, this is the thing, but even if you can't get that echelon of player that you normally get, you normally see how the players are going to fit into a system, sort of like Brighton and Villa with their business. Because like you said, you, on a net spend basis, you've never been able to really spend that much. But like Villa have got the likes of Buendia, they've signed Diaby. You can sort of see what they're doing with the team. It was honestly scary in that Liverpool friendly. And I know it's only pre-season, so I don't want to go off it too much. But the balance, the lack of balance in that midfield was like scary. And then you think of who was out and what options you had. You literally haven't got anyone else. Like, I know you've not signed Lavia yet, but you've got Curtis Jones and Bassetic. You can't go into the season with them as your like most deep-lying but you see, this is the thing, Trevor. I read your tweet, by the way. I didn't react to it, but it yeah. was about us getting rid of dead ballers. You were like, they've got no minutes anyway, so yeah, yeah, why yeah. would they need to play? But yeah. the thing is, we did. We called on Oxlade-Chamberlain. We called on Naby Keita. We were calling on Naby Keita to try and help us get top four in the last 10 games. And I was yeah. thinking, the guy's left the club in my head. The guy's dead. And we're yeah. trying to rely on him to get us top, uh, top four. It just wasn't happening. Firmino, we were relying on him towards the end. Milner was getting minutes. Do you know what I mean? These were the kind of ballers. So if we're relying on them to try and get us top four in the last 10, 15 games of last season, then whoever replaces them will rely on them too. And it's just been an absolute and, shitstorm. And, and, and to be fair to the Liverpool fans, they've always wanted us like an understudy for Fabinho, even when he was in his peak. Like you never had a DM that could come in and sort of replace him if he got injured. And it was very noticeable if Fabinho wasn't in the team for one reason or another. So to let him go and have absolutely no replacement properly lined up is is shocking planning from Liverpool. You have to say it's there's criminal. no other, yeah, there's no other way to put it. It's shocking planning. Um don't forget, Travis. Tiago and Bicetic are both still injured from last season, have not played a minute of preseason football. I know I hear both of them are back from injury pretty much now, but they've had no preseason minutes. So we're already going in as part of our when you put it on paper, we've got what six or seven midfielders. Two of them are injured. Nah, Tiago. We're straight away, we're straight away in the, the realms of Curtis Jones at CDM. Nah. I mean, what on earth? Thiago Even... can't do that role anyway on his own. Dan's still with us. Cheers, Dan. Tyler Adams. Is that the Leeds lad? Yeah. Tyler Adams. Apparently Chelsea in for him. Um, you take I, it. I, I'll be honest. I haven't watched enough of Leeds, Dan, to comment whether I want him or not. Travis? He's better than, he's better than what you've got in there. Yeah. In that type of role, I'm not even joking. He actually is. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be pretty decent. He'd be pretty decent. He's literally better than what you've got. Listen, Travis. Off the back of this poddy, I'm considering recommending we put in a 20 mil 
20 million bid for Kobe Mino um, <laughs> to, to plug the gap at CDM. <laughs> Levi Colwell. Dan, oh, don't. Man. Don't, Dan. Come Levi on. Colwell. I'm already at rock bottom, Dan. Um, but listen, that, that sets me up nicely. It's in my mind, Dan. I want us to do a poddy maybe Thursday or Friday. Uh, pre-match Liverpool, Chelsea, warm-up. Uh, if you can make it, let me know. Let me know on WhatsApp and uh, we'll get it organised. Aston Villa have beaten some serious teams in pre-season. Dark horse for Europe this year, I reckon. Serious, man. The thing is, like like you say, how good are Spurs going to be? How good are Chelsea going to be? How good are Liverpool going to be? Can Newcastle repeat last season's form? They haven't signed too many ballers. Uh, Man United, um, again, you just don't know how good they're going to be. So can Villa sneak into that top? Can Brighton stay up there? Can can Brentford improve? I can't imagine Brentford will now they've lost Ivan Tony and they've lost their keeper. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's all to play I for. Actually, I, actually of... I actually think if Newcastle can do it, and I know they've got the spending power for sure, and that's a massive help. But I think Aston Villa are actually capable of gate crashing that top five, top four. To be fair, if if they if they get a little bit of luck, like uh, Liverpool drops off or something like that, yeah. Someone's just put Liverpool drop five or six, fifth or sixth without a DM. Like you, you, it's not really surprising to be fair. Like I don't think anyone under really Man City and maybe Arsenal are nailed on for top four. Chelsea have got a new manager, Pochettino, who's an experienced manager. Chelsea look good this preseason. Some of the results of the well, the results have been good really. Um, to be fair, and like you said, you're starting to see some patterns. Um, people like. Um, Chilwell's back in the side and stuff looks fit. They they look good, Chelsea. And like you said, they, they've got Jackson up front. I think they're going to add a couple more before the window closes. Um, and Chelsea are going to sign Caicedo, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know will. what's delaying it, but they're going to. Caicedo and Enzo in that yeah. uh, CM is, is going to be scary. With Unkunku in the hole. Yeah, it's, it's a joke. It really is a joke. Jackson as well looks like a rough diamond, but he will be dangerous because he's got blistering pace and he's got a good touch as well. He's a little bit of a complete forward and they got him at a good price from Villarreal, to be fair. And I think he's going to be a good signing for them. So, yeah, I think Villa, Chelsea, United, Liverpool, Spurs, not so much. Again, I think they've got a, they've still got some business to do. Not sure what's happening with Harry Kane and stuff. I know they agreed a fee for a centre-half the other day for about 50 million quid and they need him. But they, they, again, to me, they just don't look complete to me. So I think it's going to be between Villa, United, Liverpool, Chelsea fighting for two spots, really, to be fair. You know, the worst thing about it is that the season starts and the transfer window is still open for another 18 days. Now, I've always said that it's it's best to do that or at least be in line with the rest of Europe. Because when they tried that, where they closed it on the 1st of August. Yeah. So you couldn't buy anyone else, but you could still sell. It left the English Premier League at the mercy of the European League for basically bullying them into selling some players. So I didn't like it. However, from a Liverpool point of view, unless we sort out this DM position, which there's no sign that we're going to get a breakthrough. If we're going to pay 50 million, we'd have paid it by now. I don't know what is going on there, but we dropped points at... Chelsea drop points at Newcastle. The window's still open. I can see us embarrassingly scrounging around for loan deals. Do you reckon? Like an Arthur Mello? Oh, Arthur Mello, Victor Moses, Nuri Sahin back in the day. We is Liverpool. That will be the that will be the icing on the cake, and it'll win this argument. Who got who's got the worst owners? If we're scratching around looking for loan deals to plug gaps on our squad. I swear to God, I will lose my shit. Before we came live as well, it actually came that Paul Joyce, who's a Liverpool correspondent. I don't know if he's leaked it to try and hurry Liverpool up, but he actually said United are now in the race for Lavia. I'm not even joking. (laughs) Is 200 million not enough? What's happened with the Amrabat chat? Well, Amrabat's more or less... Amrabat chat. I think I think apparently Amrabat's more or less complete, to be fair. But I think, um, yeah, we've, we've actually in for Lavia as well. And it, it, apparently it depends on player sales for United. It's an outside shot for United. I think Liverpool are 
firmly in the driving seat for Lavia and I expect them to get the deal done. I think it's just a little bit of a brief to hurry Liverpool up with the deal and maybe um, drop Southampton's price a little bit. I think you're going to pay... I think you're going to pay about 45, 47 plus some add-ons to take it up to 50. And I think you'll get the deal done. But I think, like you said, the the frustration for Liverpool is, is why has it not been done earlier? Like, you've needed him for the last couple of weeks, really, to bed into the team. You're going into that Chelsea game just not looking ready at all. Um, And again, Stamford Bridge is going to be buzzing. First day of the season, new manager. And that is a tough test for the opening day of the season, to be fair. Um, sorry, mate. My son was just texting. I've just seen him That's in the uh, in the chat. Okay. Um, Dan already in the diary, mate. Thursday, Friday night. I'm about you, the man. Let's get it on. The football is back. The poddies are back. Coach's corner. Fun. Thanks so much for joining, mate. I've not doing? seen you in a while. It's been a long summer without any footy, mate. I hope you're well. We're doing good. We're back. Um, Manu easily top three. Oh, I like that. I See, this is the thing. Is there any sane person on the planet that doesn't think that Man City and Arsenal have just boxed off position one and two? Yeah, that, I think it's boxed off. They look that just that little bit ahead of everybody else, to be fair. Um, you know, Man City can sort of start off a little bit slow, um, but they they always like kick into gear after Christmas. Their season don't start till after Christmas, Man City. That's when they get into the gear. And Haaland, like, turns himself on and stuff like that. All his robotics come on, don't they? And he just scores like 70 goals. So, so yeah, <laughs> they're just so annoying, Man City. But yeah, uh, I'd like to say Man U easily top three. I'm not that com- I'm not as confident as Coach's Corner, but I'm definitely confident that we're moving in the right direction and we're signing the right players. And yeah, I mean, in, in terms of our owners, our owners are trash, just like yours. Yeah, I was going to say, the whole point of this poddy is to who's got the worst owners. And I've absolutely slated FSG, which is easy, because we're skint, we spend no money, the team is decaying before our very eyes, we're not even in with a chance of top four, we'll be lucky to get in the top six. But Man United, the Glazers, I know everyone wants them out, but from a Liverpool point of view, you spend 200 million net every summer, What's the problem? From a United standpoint, the, the reason that the Glazers are so bad is it, it it's um, facets that don't actually affect like the team and how the team play necessarily. Like they do back managers with the spending, but before John Murta and Richard Arnold were sort of imposed, we had Ed Woodward and their sort of overall arching operation was to make as much commercial business for the club as possible. So not spending their own money and recouping a lot of money off shirt sales was their priority. So what they would do is they would sign players that the managers didn't necessarily want, along with a few of their other signings. And really, that was, though? Because yeah, that's how Chelsea, Chelsea operate their whole structure like that and have done for a decade. Yeah, but it works for, the, it works for their managers. Like, they, do you know what I mean? It doesn't work for it. didn't work for our managers. And saying that, I mean, we have had two very controversial managers anyway, Mourinho and Van Gaal. They, they are controversial at all the clubs that they've been at. But again, like I said, they've let the stadium rot. It's not, it's not anything that necessarily affects me day to day. But matchgoers, season ticket holders, they, they delay all the processes. They're just fun socks. They just make false promises. They, they tell a lot of lies and they don't really communicate with the fans. And, and do you know what? Not a lot of owners do. They, they've not got a lot of affection towards the club. But like I said... The Is Glazers, it because it's common knowledge as well they take dividends out the club? For me, that's not really a major issue personally. No. I mean, if it means they miss out on a transfer target that they could have got as uh, as a result of taking dividends, then yes. But I don't know. They're taking, what, 15 million? But, I mean, look, now Murto's in post. I'm not saying it's massively where it needs to be, but it's slowly improving. We've seen Tenar get the players that he wants to get. This summer, he wanted a new goalkeeper. He he prioritised Mount. We weren't going to get Declan Rice. We didn't have the money. He wanted Hoyland. We've scouted him for a long time. That's three signings that he's got. He's clearing the decks. Maguire has been stripped of the captaincy. You can tell that he's having an influence on that board. And they're backing him. So, I mean, the, the fan base argue all the time as to whether the Glazers are like involved in a lot of the recruitment. We've got a whole new recruitment 
drive and a team and we've employed somebody who's like transfer negotiator and sorts out all the agents. We've got specific people in these roles doing the jobs. So in terms of the recruitment, we've got people that we can judge on those merits. But the owners need to go, like you said, the, since 2005 when they took over, all they've done is taken money out of the club. They've not put any of their own money in. They've not really improved the infrastructure, the facilities. We've missed out on players as a result of that um, because they know that the facilities are behind. We always pay big money. And, and I think we sometimes we overpay these players from a commercial standpoint. We put them on a pedestal that's bigger than needs to be. And that's why we struggle notoriously to get rid of some of these players because they're, they're too well paid. But if that process can change and the Glazers can start to trust better people in those jobs, then I'm not saying the Glazers need to stay, but they can go to some way to, to a little bit of retribution before they inevitably go at some stage. Dan, Scott had no idea you had a dog. <laughs> yes, Dan. <laughs> he's my boy, Paxton. I didn't even know he was asleep on uh, on the bed behind me, but he was. Um, sorry, Les, there's a new star <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Not sure if you've spoken on it already, Trav, but I'm hearing Sancho's had a great preseason, sometimes even as a false nine. Yeah. He has, hasn't he? He's been in, in the centre. Is this like a, a new position? Yeah. That, he can finally show his worth. Yeah, back under last season, Ten Hag was playing in there. I think he wants to go forward with him there. It looks like he's been in the gym as well. He's put a little bit of size on, to be fair. It looks a bit stockier, a little bit bulkier. I think Ten Hag like, likes him in that role. I think you'll see more of him this, this season in that role. I think in the our most recent pre-season friendly against Athletic Bilbao in, in Dublin on the Sunday... He started in that role. I think he played about 60, 70 minutes and Ten Hag took him off. And Ten Hag said after the game, there's a couple of positions that he was unsure about for the a week on Monday against Wolves for the first game of the season. I think Sancho's definitely in his thoughts. I can see him actually starting in that false nine role with Rashford just off and Garnacho, even though he's been electric. I think he'll go with the experience of Rashford. So yeah, Sancho, Hopefully, this is the season where we start to see his best. I mean, we've been waiting long enough. He hasn't. Well, really you give up. You give up on Martial, haven't you? So now it's all your eggs are in the Sancho basket. Yeah, I think Martial's given up on himself, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's made out of steam, isn't he? He's just thin air. That's literally what he is. He's just pure vapors, mate. He's just all evaporating. Over. I know. Um, He's just. He's injured again. Martial. Is he? Yeah, he's injured again. Jeez, I think he got hit. Anthony Sturridge. I know. He was injured and then he got injured while he was injured, I think. <laughs> it's just a joke, man. He's just not even a real person, bro. It's just mad. <laughs> <laughs> so, go. The million-dollar question. I'd rather have the Glazers than FSG. What about you? The way you're spending. You must rather have the Glazers than FSG. Like, this is painful. Watching Arsenal buy Rice for 105 million, Chelsea buy Enzo for 105 million, all this excitement in the fan base. And that yeah. I know that can never be Liverpool under FSG. I'm going to be it's, honest. It's FSG. a sad, sad existence. FSG aren't the best, man. I'm going to be honest. Like, the Glazers are dead because they're just horrible people and they just want to fleece the club for everything that they can. And it's as if they like to wind the fans up. The more stubborn they are, the more they continue. But FSG, the way they yeah, but FSG to, might be doing that as well, they, Trav. They, they do lie just as much. They've promised You're them a, Man United are a public company where you know they take dividends. Liverpool are a private company who've got a, a wage bill that totals £366 million a year when it's widely reported the players' wages are around £160 million. So where's that 200 million going? They could be paying themselves 25, 50 million pounds salaries to the directors, the chairman, and you'll never know about it. So they might just be doing that. They probably are. I know. They need, what, do you know what needs to happen? Klopp needs to leave and then they can see yeah. it. Then they can see what needs to actually happen in terms of the investment. Um, so, yeah, yeah, like you said, I mean, I can't really argue. I mean, the Glazers are are terrible, but I think FSG just edge it because, I mean, like you said, they've had a sustainable, envious model, but a lot of that's been down to Klopp and his management and the way that he's been able to sort of paper over the cracks. But shit's hitting the fan now. 
And like, it's only, it's only so, like, it's only around the corner where if you finish outside of top four again and you start becoming like United where you're yo-yoing in and out of the Champions League and you're chopping and changing managers, like, you, you're quite fortunate you've had this stability with Klopp. So when he goes, it could be like United after Fergie went, bro. And it's like every couple of I've years. You're How long bro. have I been saying it, Travis? Probably for the entirety of our existence of onto the ball. I would walk if I was Klopp. I'd walk. I don't see how he can work under these conditions. I'm all for the underdog story. I'm all for finding gems that you can nurture and coach into the world's best and maybe even sell them on for a profit before they go over the hill like Salah, Mane, Firmino did. I'm all for that. But under these conditions, with the amount of money that Newcastle are now going to be throwing around, the amount of money Stan Kroenke's thrown around at Arsenal, the landscape has changed. Todd Bowley at uh, Chelsea spending 600 million in one year. The landscape has changed. 40 million just doesn't even cut it. How Jurgen Klopp has got the energy to turn up to work every day and try to coach and lead this club into another Premier League season, I'm absolutely lost. I'm bereft of ideas. And fair play to him, he's got... He's mustering up the energy to do it, and you know his heart's in Liverpool and all that. But I honestly don't know how it he won't does last it. much longer, man. Like this, no, could I, be the, this, this could will be the, season, be the one. Mate. This could be yeah, the season, this, mate. This will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I'm pretty sure of it. Um, Dan has just backed me up. Thank you, Dan. Glazers have spent a billion. It's not even a question. See, that's the problem. If Jurgen Klopp was at Man United, no one would be worried about this billion pound debt, would they? Because no. you'd be winning everything. Or if you had Pep, obviously it's a problem when you spend that and you're not winning everything. Of course, yeah. you've got to look at the managers or the director of football, whoever's been choosing the players. But for Liverpool, we've got the manager who's got a, such a high success rate in terms of buying players that it gives you confidence to spend a bit more and, and get even more better players in. And we just don't do it. That's it. Yeah. We're all in agreement. FSG are the worst owners. I admit it. Dan has backed me up. Dan of Two Blues admits it. Travis, you know, yeah? Yeah, I know. Fair play. On record, mate. I hold my hands up. FSG are dead. (laughs) And so are (laughs) Liverpool. (laughs) Right, lads. Listen, I've got to go and pick my son up. Um, (laughs) If you made it this far, thank you so much. It's been just under an hour. Dan's been with us for the whole um, the whole hour. Coach's Corner joined us. So did Barry Lee. So did my man Isaac of Southampton. Really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate that, guys. Um, if you made it this far, don't forget to smash the like button and obviously don't forget to subscribe as well. It helps us out a lot. Um, but we're going to be back towards the end of the week. I've just convinced Dan to join us. He's the Chelsea fan. We're going to do Liverpool versus Chelsea. We're going to do Man United versus Wolves, is it? Yeah, Wolves at Old Trafford Monday. And uh, yeah, so that's it. The season's back. Onto the ball's back. I'm back. Travis is back. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Trav. Cheers. What a headshot! What?